Hey friends, you're listening to the Student Ministry Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, lead you closer to Jesus, and help you follow him more faithfully. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. What is up, everybody? Um, Hello. For those of you guys who do not know me, do not, do not know me, my name is Tim. I'm one of the leaders here. You may have seen me helping out with worship or hosting or... uh, a smattering of other things that I do around here. Uh, But I'm glad to be here with you guys and uh, to be able to close out our series on pro tip that we've been talking about uh, for the last couple of weeks. So, so happy to be here with you guys. Like I said, we're wrapping up the four-week series pro tip, and we've talked a lot about wisdom and that the, the fact that wisdom is the one thing that can make you better at anything and everything in your life. Um, So what we're going to be talking about tonight is uh, a more practical kind of step on uh, the the concept of wisdom and how you can apply and use wisdom. Um, Who here has heard the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Yes? Pretty much everybody? Yeah? Awesome. Okay. Okay. Who knew that that's utter lies? Yeah. <laughs> now, I understand the, the meaning behind what an encouraging parent may have come up with that to, to help their kid as they have been you know, bullied at school or trying to overcome something difficult that was said to them. Kind of an encouraging word of, hey, just let it go. It's an interesting concept to to have, but the practicality of actually applying that is much more difficult than it sounds. Do we agree with that? Okay. Bottom line, words matter. And I know all of us know that or have experienced that. Words matter even more in the midst of it and when you are facing a conflict. And everyone handles conflict differently. But no matter what you do in a conflict, words end up taking the center stage. And words have power in your relationships with friends, family, teachers, even strangers. And what we say and how we say it often carries more power than we realize. Uh, just as an example, in my own, my own life, a couple weeks ago, uh, you guys mind if I share a story? No? Perfect. A couple weeks ago, I was at work, and um, in my office, I share an office, an actual room, with uh, two other guys. Uh, one of the guys was, is sitting there constantly. We're there at the same hours. The other guy comes in occasionally, every couple days. Uh, to do some work. And while we were sitting there one day, both of these two guys uh, are either going through a divorce or have been through uh, a a, a relationship in their past where they have children together. And they're both in and out of court, dealing with child custody, all these, these difficult things to handle. 
And both of them are, were, were kind of sitting, I was sitting at my desk in the corner, and the two of them were kind of talking behind me to each other and just talking and talking, and a majority of what they were doing was complaining and just griping about the situations that they've both been subject to. And I have been listening to this for months and hearing it, and it starts grating on me, and I am tired and exacerbated by all the, all the things that are being said. And finally, one of my coworkers kind of turns over to me, and he's like, so Tim, are you married? And I was like, nope, not yet. And the other coworker chimes in and goes, don't do it. <laughs> I was like, Sigh. and at this point, I had lost my patience, and I was tired, and I was frustrated from listening to this for four hours at that point, just nonstop, them talking and complaining, and I heard that, and I just turned around, and I looked at them, and I said, well, statistically, even if you just look at this room, mine would be the one marriage that was successful. The one guy that asked me if I was married laughed it off and thought it was hilarious. The other guy was completely silent and for good reason. That, that is a blow. That is a hard hitter. In the moment, I was like, yes, they finally stopped talking. But as I kept thinking about what I just said, I realized how mean that was. That was just devastating. Such a horrible thing to say to two guys who have been through some very, very difficult situations. I felt horrible. And this is what I'm talking about when we're talking about the fact that words matter. Now, what do we do? We have to use words to communicate. So is there a way of us using words, a way for us to communicate during conflict without losing our cool, like I did? We've been looking at Proverbs throughout this series uh, as a book, uh, and it's a book in the Old Testament, um, and it's, it's one that includes a ton of different short stories, uh, little snippets of wisdom from a few different people. But the main purpose that Proverbs is trying to get across to us is the idea of wisdom and using wisdom. And that the, fact, the fact that wisdom is the best way to live. Using wisdom is the best way to live. Dealing with conflict isn't something that only our generation has dealt with. Every generation from time gone by has dealt with conflict in one way or another. And this means, even though what we are going through is difficult, there are people in the past that have gone through similar situations that can speak into it and can help us with, to, to overcome and to go through those things. So what we're looking at today, even though it was written a couple thousand years ago, it still applies to our lives and it is still a universal truth. Uh, so what we're gonna be doing is uh, in Proverbs 15, verse one. This is the, the main verse of the message tonight. 
So if you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there, or your Bible apps. We also have it on the screen. And it says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I want to dive into the second half of the verse first. A harsh word stirs up anger. Now, uh, we could say harsh words are unpleasant words that usually are spoken in an angry tone with the intent of either shutting down a conversation, proving a point, or hurting someone. That's what harsh words are. And that's exactly what I did in the story I told a second ago. I was so fed up, I was so done, that I didn't care what the outcome was other than getting them to stop talking. Now back to the first part of this verse. We see a very different choice. Gentle words, a soft answer turns away wrath. Gentle words make it harder to get mad. It makes it virtually impossible to get mad. And as we know, Jesus is always a perfect example when you're, when you're trying to you know, judge how to approach a subject or approach a situation. So we're going to go to Jesus and look at a couple different scenarios. Um, I don't have the Bible verses readily on hand, but I'm going to talk about a couple of these different stories. Uh, the first one is, I believe, in Matthew 12. Uh, Jesus has been talking to a couple of, uh, he's been giving a sermon, and a couple of the religious leaders at the time, the Jews, came up to him and started pressing him, trying to, trying to get him to, to trip up on his words, trying to get him to say something that would give them cause to arrest him or to cause him harm. And Jesus perfectly calls them out and calls them a brood of vipers, which basically, the insult of that time, calling them snakes. Cunning, evil-doing snakes. Now, Jesus didn't sin in doing this. He was righteously calling them out and putting into their perspective, into their view, exactly what they were doing wrong and how they were misleading the people. On the other hand, we have another example um, in John. I don't know the exact verse or the, the chapter, and I'm sorry for that. But in John, Jesus is, again, in the town square, te is teaching, talking, and some of the religious leaders dragged a woman who was accused of adultery in front of him. And they were trying, again, to catch him and make him say something that would give them cause to arrest or harm him. And he, they said, what do we do with her? The law of Moses says we ought to stone her, which means taking rocks and throwing them at her until she's dead. Beating her to a bloody pulp with rocks thrown. That's a gruesome, horrible death. Jesus responds, whoever doesn't have any sin 
in their lives. Throw the first stone. Go for it. And that's it. And one by one, every single one of those people took a second, looked at themselves, analyzed, turned around and walked away. Completely de-escalating the situation. Until all that was left was Jesus and this woman. So what did Jesus do? The angry leaders were ready to pounce. They were ready to either legitimately kill this woman in front of him or arrest Jesus and do the same to him. Instead, he used the strength and power of his words gently to de-escalate the situation and to get the right result. In the same way that Jesus' words diffuse the crowd and the angry religious leaders, your words, my words, can diffuse situations when it comes to someone's anger. When it comes to dealing with conflict and arguments, wisdom says that technically we have two choices, even though there's only one right one that is actually beneficial to ourselves and to others. We can respond with gentle words or with harsh words. Now, I want to, before we actually proceed to what those two things mean, I want to clarify something. Gentle words, gentleness, does not mean weakness. You've probably heard at some point in your life, oh, just be gentle. Don't do any harm. Be, be timid. Be tight. Like, don't, don't hurt. Don't be gentle. And it's usually associated with harmlessness. The inability to do harm. That is not what gentleness is. Gentleness is taking power, strength, and just sheer strength. For There's no better word. Strength and power. And controlling it. And purposely not using it for harm. Does that make sense? Yes? Yes? Okay. That is gentleness. So the bottom line is if you want to be heard, use gentle words. Strong, powerful gentleness. You have the power to impact people either positively or negatively. And when it comes to dealing with conflict in your relationships, the question you have to ask yourself is, would you rather make a point or would you rather be heard? Because oftentimes, making a point and being heard are not the same thing. Making a point is like what I did. Horrible example. I mean, it's a good example of a wrong thing to do. 
being heard is actually speaking something with care and intention that, is, that will uplift and actually benefit the situation. So what does this look like in real life? Here's a little, to, let's, let's try this, a, a phrase that could be helpful and beneficial for this is, if you want to be heard, be the first one to hear. If you want to be heard, be the first one to hear. And what that means is if you want to actually have an impact on someone and actually have them take to heart what you have to say for them and to them, listen and care about what they have to say. There's a, a, another saying that encapsulates it pretty well. Uh, that's people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Take time to actually get to know the person that you're talking with and dealing with and trying to encourage and then speak into their life. Listen to them first. If you want to be heard by someone else, you must be the first one to hear them. So consider taking that, much, that time. And before you respond, if there is a conflict, if there's a, a difficult situation that you're in the midst of, take a time out. Take a breather, as some would put it. If someone's coming at you and they're just, you know, let them sit with the weight of their words. Breathe. Wait until it's been an awkward silence and then count to five. And then respond. After, and I'd, I'd say during that time of breathing, just say, Lord, help me respond as you would respond in this situation. Again, the bottom line of this whole message is if you want to be heard, use gentle words. Imagine how different your friendships and relationships would be if everyone in that relationship, in that situation, chose to use gentleness or kindness in the way that they spoke with each other. Let's take a second right now. Think, think of one friendship that you have that is maybe a little dicey, that you guys have some conflicts. What would it look like if both of you made an effort to actually t intentionally Take time and use kindness in your world. What would that look like? How different would that friendship be? How much more encouraging, how much more beneficial would it be for both parties? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe you have a hard time getting along with your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister. If you actually took the time to consider using kindness in communication. So when you head to small groups, here's a question that I want you guys to think about. How are you currently using the power of your words? How are you currently using the power of your words? There's a couple other small group questions that are going to be in there to add upon that, but... 
That's one of the most important ones. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, pray for us and welcome the worship team back up. So, Lord God, I thank you so much for this evening and uh, the opportunity that you've given us to, to gather together and consider our words. And Lord, you've gifted us with the ability to communicate. And God, I pray that you would just go before us this evening, this next week, in all of our friendships, relationships, with our family, loved ones, even strangers, Lord. I pray that you would just guard our hearts and guard our mouths and give us the determination and the, the ability to seek your kindness, your goodness in our words. We thank you and we praise you for, for everything that you've done for us and uh, the continued blessing that it is to, to be able to gather together. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.